Welcome to Lady Lair Live. My name is Ashton Keith, and I'm a chef, food stylist, and culinary instructor in New York City. Every Sunday night, I invite an industry lady friend over to my swanky Lady Lair apartment and teach them how to create a meal with ingredients I have on hand. We drink wine, chat about pop culture, and embrace the notion of everyday cooking and celebrations. This is not your mother's cooking show. Nothing is prepped or styled here. This is real life. Welcome to my kitchen. Welcome to Lady Lair Live. I am coming to you from my apartment with this very sexy, raspy voice that I have going on. Um, And I think the spring of nonstop working and hustle has caught up to me. But you are going to get to hear this very sexy voice on my podcast with my very good friend and colleague, Bianca Bosker, who wrote the most fabulous funny book I have read all spring called Cork Dork. And it's an insight to the wine world. And she comes from the world of journalism. And she became what's known as a cellar rat and worked her way up in the wine industry and restaurants in New York City and is now a trained sommelier. And she is not only Um, very knowledgeable and smart and beautiful and fun but she has this weird funny um, quirky side to her that I really gravitate towards and it's kind of like finding a little bit of a soul sister so I hope you enjoy this check out her book Cork Dork it is the perfect book to read on the beach with a glass of wine welcome to Lady Lair Live I am very hoarse and (laughs) having some kind of (laughs) voice thing so I sound super sexy today and um, I have my good friend and colleague I guess I can call you a colleague sure, right yeah. I think I just like to because it makes me sound smarter and wine <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Bianca Bosker right am I pronouncing that right yeah. okay cool and we are making uh, I stumbled upon breakfast radishes that look like regular radishes so I just bought them because they were kind of funny and odd and reminded me of myself in like a weird way um, so I'm making um, a pan-seared radish salad with some radish tops that I washed and some mint and some butter and some fresh garlic. So like really simple and kind of like that old school radish butter type of dish that you would have. Um, but I'm so excited to have you on because you're going to tell me exactly what you've been up to for everybody who doesn't know. Um, Bianca just published, I think, really, really hilarious would you call it a memoir? Yeah, I think it's fair. It's like a memoir slash nonfiction book. Okay. <laughs> it's like a boozy celebration about the wine scene in New York, which I think is really fun. And I don't think you glamorize it in any way. But I also think that like it is just in of itself like kind of still glamorous because it's wine. And I don't know anything about wine, and you would judge me from my fridge selection. And Can we see? my, I only have one. <laughs> I only have one bottle of champagne, and that's all I have. And you can pull it out. This is oh, oh. Lomo Montpellier. You have a rosé champagne. This would actually be delicious with what you're making. Really? Yeah, I think it'd be fantastic. That is a bottle. Oh, and and a six pack of Bud Light. And a six pack <laughs> of Bud Light, which I can never. And this bottle, which I was making a recipe with, so I have no oh, idea yeah. how it is. Half drunk bottle of rosé. Yes. That's good. And some red yeah. stripes. And a dessert wine, which I don't know who that is, Ooh. but somebody brought it. Is that a good one? Yeah, this looks interesting. I don't know. I haven't had this one, but it's um, a barren which means like it's a late harvest, so quite uh, riper grapes have more sugar. Where is this from? Is this Austrian? I think oh, yeah, so. this is Austrian. Oh, I've never had this. this you want to cool. taste it? I'm going to smell it. 
How long has it been here? Not too long. Okay. <laughs> Which is funny, we didn't even meet through work. Okay, so while we chat, I'm gonna have you, I just took um, a damp paper towel, or damp dish towel, and I'm just gonna have you wipe these for me. I did kind of rinse them a little bit already, um, but if you start to wipe them, I'll start to cut off the bottoms of the radishes, and then I'm actually just gonna cut them straight in half, so I'm not even gonna worry about taking the tops off. That's great. So um, these are, these are they look like breakfast radishes. They're like pink and white, but you're saying that they are well, regular they, radishes? I don't know what they were. They were called breakfast radishes, and then I thought I was being ripped off because they don't look like breakfast radishes at they're all. They're big. They, if they're breakfast radishes, they got big. They're huge. Yeah. And like, they're not that spicy. Yeah. So, ooh, actually they are really spicy. <laughs> um, the one I had in the market was not that spicy. So yeah, we're just gonna pan sear these. So they're bigger. So instead of eating them raw, which I would usually do with butter and salt, and that's what you'll see in a lot of like um, French restaurants, classic French restaurants, or even the what's that hotel in? Uh, I served these just the other night, actually. Really? Yeah. What did well, why did you serve them with? Well, I just um I, actually it was a a Rhone blend. It was a white Rhone blend from California. Oh my um, gosh! It was just an appetizer of sliced radishes with a little butter and a little salt. It's so good. Yeah. It's so easy. And um, it looks beautiful, but it's really easy. So Bianca's book, Cork Dork, is, um, will you explain it in your words? Because I've actually never heard, well, I have, but to everybody <laughs> else, explain what it is and like where your background is, where you came from, and like what possessed you to go on this crazy journey. Yeah. So Cork Dork, I would say my, um, Cocktail party description, which is cribbed from some of the <laughs> early reviews that it got, um, okay. is that it's the kitchen confidential of wine. Well, with that is like a huge honor to be called that. It, it, it's awesome, and that's partially why I use it. I mean, I, I thought, you know, kitchen confidential was really, um, it is, it's different. I mean, you know, Anthony Bourdain was telling the story of an insider, right? Yeah. Going through it. And my journey was really of, an outsider turned insider. When I started okay. this, I knew nothing about wine. Well, that's not exactly true. You did like you had drunk wine before. Like you could, you know what I mean. Like you well, were, like, like I knew that it was something that you'd bring to dinner parties. Got but, it. I mean, beyond you know I knowing like, like the difference between bottled and boxed wine, like that was sort of like the limit huh. of my expertise. Okay, and um, I. Enjoyed wine. So so I'd say that, you know, Cork Dork is, um, it is the, it is Cut Kitchen Confidential in the sense that it is this very behind the scenes glimpse at this world of wine connoisseurship, all of its flaws, its flaunting, yeah. its fairy tales, and why they are not true in some cases. Yeah. Um, but it started actually, uh, so, you know, I'm a writer, so I'm a little bit of an indoor kid. I spend a lot of time alone. And it happened. <laughs> she also is saying that, but she's really cool and not. <laughs> you do call it cork dork, which has another meaning. Yeah. Um, but you're not a dork by any means, like, at all. So cork dork is, yeah, yeah that comes that from, um, Ashton this one, which is why I'm doing this. Uh, Please. So, yeah, it comes, it's basically the restaurant industry's nickname for the most obsessed and knowledgeable wine lovers among them. So okay. 
you know, you would call, like, Psalms would call each other cork doors. Yeah. Um, now, is that, like, a compliment? Yeah. Um, like, you know what I mean? Like, is that, like... It's like a, it's a compliment, but it's also like a you are extreme, you know. Got it. Okay, but I feel like most people in that industry like that. Like you want to be called extreme, right? Well, yeah, I think that there's, you know, one of the things that drew me in is that these sommeliers are like the most masochistic hedonists I've ever come across. You know, yes. we hear all about celebrity chefs. Celebrity chefs are oh, like, tell me about the it. Sexy. <laughs> I feel like they're like the sexy bad boys. You know, they get flames. I say this is actually yeah. like muscling a huge so, pan over. So, by the way, I just heated um, a large skillet over like medium high heat, and I put like a couple couple gloves of olive oil in it, and not fancy olive oil, just because I don't have any, and my delivery is coming tomorrow. So, I don't have fancy olive oil. I probably would use a higher end olive oil if I were doing this. Hmm. Um, uh, and like wanted to be fancier about it, but since I'm throwing butter in it anyway, I'm not really worried. Um, so I'm just gonna heat this up and I'm gonna sear my radishes in there. First, the, first the radishes. First the radishes, and I'm only gonna add about half of them because I don't want them to steam. So every vegetable has moisture, and if you put them too close together, what happens is they're gonna steam instead of brown, which is like the opposite of what we want. So we want to only put probably do this in like two batches, okay. and you'll see how it's just starting to smoke, and that's exactly what we want. All right. Okay, so keep going. Ooh. Um, so basically, you know, I think chefs are these really, they get flames, they get knives, they've gotten all this attention. And sommeliers are in some ways, you know, they deal in a much subtler form of kind of tension, right? Yeah. Like I think of them as like the ballerinas of the restaurant world. I like, like It that. looks deceptively easy, right? Yeah. The whole point is you're doing something incredibly difficult. You're juggling these guests. You're dealing with all of these yeah. sort of etiquette and, you know, strict rules of procedure that you have to make it look insanely graceful. Yeah. So my... Were you ever a dancer? I mean, when I was like five. I mean, everybody. <laughs> I'm also smashing some... Probably like someone who's never seen me dance. You would not ask that question. Oh my god, I wish we had some time. I am a terrible dancer. That's why I feel like I can always ask that question. I'm also just throwing in a couple heads of garlic. I got fresh garlic at the market. Um, and it's got this big greenish stalk. And so I'm, I kind of use it... You can throw it into soups or um, stocks. I actually kind of use it like I do lemongrass. So I just take like a piece of it like this and I kind of bang it and then I'll probably just throw it in or you can use it in like stocks but I figure we'll throw it in here and it's great yeah. and then okay. for the garlic for those who can't see it it's not chopped it's just smushed I just smush it yeah. I never chop anything unless I mean like it needs to be chopped nice, but right, like yeah. for this purpose it doesn't need to be that's great okay sorry to interrupt no 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 so you're so a terrible dancer so I was a terrible dancer I was a terrible wine drinker yeah. And um, I, my exposure to these psalms started when, and these pork dogs started when my husband dragged me out to dinner one night. Yeah. So back to being an indoor kid. That's actually how we met, was Bianca's husband. Yeah, that's true. And so he, um, oops, sorry, love. He, uh, we were at dinner, and the sommelier who was there that night happened to mention that he was preparing for something called the best sommelier in the world competition. Okay. And my reaction to that was, Bullshit. Like, no way, <laughs> like, this, like, how can pouring wine be a competitive thing? Like, that makes no sense. But the easiest thing in the world, you open it, you pour it, you're done. Yeah. But I started looking into it, and I got basically hooked on binge-watching these videos of this competition. Which okay. Is, you know, as I write in my book, it's like the Westminster Dog Show. It is. Blues. It's, like, 
super high stakes, walking in a circle, well-groomed specimens. Yeah. And I realized, like, you think of wine as being this thing of pleasure, but people, these cultures sort of turn it into something of, like, god-awful pain. You know, yeah. They, like, divorce their spouses, they spend more time studying, they give up lukewarm, you know, any hot liquids for years. I know. To, like, We're going to have to talk about home. all of that, because that's, like, insane to me. Okay. Like these people don't drink coffee. Yeah. They don't like have hot liquids. What were the other ones that were just like beyond looking rocks? <laughs> but, but also wasn't it like your body lotion, your mouthwash, right. your only brushing your teeth at certain times yeah. of day, mouthwash before the tasting. Uh, you know, using all the same body products forever. Um, you know, no perfume, no deodorant. Right. Well, once basically everything to kind of minimize any deviation from the norm. Sort of like you think of your whole your tasting ecosystem as like a controlled climate. It's like yeah. you want to essentially make sure that whenever you're tasting, there's not like some weird new odor or taste in your mouth. You throw everything off. So anyway, that I, I was fascinated because I to be honest, like I I never had known what the big deal was that wine. I, yeah, I was intrigued by these people who made it. And not just a job, but a way of life. And I yeah. wanted to know why. why. Yeah, why was this, I think Ashton is, has taken a, a huge handful of greens and is now chopping them. I'm literally taking the tops of the radishes because I don't like to waste anything. It really, like, bugs me. So I wash these radish grapes. You can't always do this. Sometimes they're just really thick and dirty and you can't do it. But I take, like, a handful of them and I'm chopping them up. And I'm also going to chop up a handful of mint, because I think mint and radishes go really well together. And I season my radishes with a little bit of salt. So they're still kind of like caramelizing. Yeah. And they're going to hang out. I'll probably let this cook for like another minute or two. And then I'll add my greens um, and my butter. And that's like essentially it. I didn't know you could eat the tops. Yeah. Oh. Sometimes like if you go to the market, they'll be like, do you want to give these to our pigs? And it's like this big noble thing you think you're doing, which is great. But I always take them because like, you can also throw them into, yeah, please. You can also throw them into like smoothies or juices. I just, um, the big nuance oh, with them man. is that, like yeah, they're very peppery. The thing is with them, they can be very dirty. Yeah. And they bruise really easily, as you can see, when you yeah. wash them like six times, which yeah. can be a pain. But what's nice about it is because we're going to wilt it, yeah, it doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. Yeah. That's not that good. Yeah. All parts of the radish buffalo. What's that? That's all parts of the radish buffalo. I know. <laughs> I love it. Um, so yeah, I was I was basically, you know, I just, I got kind of hooked on this question of what was the big deal about wine? And yeah, then I don't know, hold on, yeah. question for you. What was your favorite wine before you started this? And is it the same now? Uh -huh. And what do you like to drink now? So my favorite wine when I started was some god-awful, liquefied, cool whip in a bottle, like some, you know, I mean, not god-awful, it was not god-awful, now I say it that. It made you happy. But at the time, I loved it, it was, you know, vanilla, it was some California Chardonnay, it had okay. spent, like, most of its life in an oak barrel or on oak chips or something. Yeah. Um, but it was... It is not my favorite wine now, um, okay. and it was kind of, I remember looking up like a description of it, you know, and seeing some tasting notes by critics that said something to the effect of the word quality could not be used in reference to this wine. Oh my <laughs> god! Um, Ashton just added a 
a whole hunk of butter, by the way. It was like a healthy two tablespoons. Yeah, it was just good. It was. It absolutely was. And it browns a little bit because it's a hot pan. And then I actually am going to turn off the pan, which I think is just like a great technique. Nobody ever cooks off the heat with a hot pan, mm. which is like something that people in restaurants do all the time and you don't mm. really think about. Um, so, so I like to cook a lot like off the heat because the pan is still going to be really, really hot. So I want to utilize that. And this is actually how I make scrambled eggs. I get the pan really stinking hot, and then I take it off the heat, and I cook it off the heat. Huh. Yeah. So it's like a fun little fact. So I'm literally oh, putting the mint and the radish tops in here, and I'm just going to let it sit for a second and wilt, and then I'll give it a stir, and then it essentially becomes a salad. I have a bad habit of turning everything into a salad. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I don't know why. <laughs> a salad, a hunk of bread, and like bottle of wine are like my That sounds thing pretty I incredible. Yeah. Uh, it also looks beautiful. I mean, you have the pink of the beets, they're turning out sort of like a magenta color, the uh -huh. white, green. Yeah. It's really lovely. It um, is. And it's like a built-in dressing, which I really love yeah. too, because a lot of times people get really hung up on like dressings, and it's like you really just need, we probably should add a little bit of acid into here, to be mm. honest. So I've got, if you want to just open my fancy my fancy shelves, there's some white wine yeah. vinegar on top. Again, because I don't have anything. And we're just going to add, give me like a splash in here. I think that's great. I will say one of the things that... Thank you. I learned in... Maybe a little bit more. I'm sure I was overdoing it. You would never overdo it. Um, I feel like. I tend to like... More good? Yeah, it's great. Um, one of the things that makes wine great is the acid. It and is. I think it's one thing that's like, when you think about food and wine pairings, learning about wine. So, I should say, long story short, I yeah. ended up quitting my job as the executive tech editor at the Huffington Post, starting over as a seller rat. Okay. And then... Decided that I didn't just write about these pork dorks. I wanted to become one of them. So started the book is really that journey of learning and training and becoming a sommelier. So yeah. it goes, you know, behind the scenes and missions to our restaurants, it goes into wine factories, it goes into neuroscientist labs, it goes to the history of the restaurant, all of these things. Long story short though, what I will say is that one of the things I would say learning about wine truly transformed the way that I cooked. And part of that sure. has to do with this whole idea of like you know, using acid, of sort of thinking about the, the concept of food and wine pairings and yeah. bringing that to food. That makes sense. I mean, think about it. Every dish that you have has components of, like, acid and sugar and... Um, yeah, and, the way, and they just play off of each other. And absolutely. The way, and the way that it's not just... You know, I think that our tendency when a food needs more food flavor is just add salt. And that's not necessarily Yeah, true. and often what it really needs is like a squeeze of lemon juice, a little bit of white wine vinegar, I maybe agree. some sugar. What is uh, your favorite thing to make? Not to get you off track. What is your favorite, like, what's your go-to dish? And then you have to talk about pear double too, because I think that's so <laughs> freaking cool. So I would say... I'm just plating this up really pretty, and then my food's in her food. Yeah, oh wait, I'll just it. looks great. And since we were making food. Yeah. Um... um so I would say my, uh, one of my favorite things to make is actually, if it's, if I'm literally, it's been a long day writing yeah. and I've gotten so hungry to the point that I can't even wait for takeout. Yeah. Um, I, uh, basically run down to like, especially, I just did this the other night, run yeah. down to like one of those like corner vegetable sellers. Yeah. Grab a couple of zucchini. Okay. Um, and I think, I don't know the official term for it, my mom makes it all the time, but it's essentially 
diced zucchini with garlic and parsley and salt, and it's great. And you can like mix it with pasta if you have it, and like into a pasta dish. You can oh my gosh, that's bread. so nice. Um, you can make it into a scrambled egg. Uh, you can do all these things. It's just takes two seconds, and it's delicious. And I also make. Um, these are more like assembly dishes. But yeah. Like soba noodles. I would keep like a stock at home. Would and you like mine? Because I never use them. <laughs> and I have like six packs of them. And I well, maybe you'll make them now. There's actually... Maybe. There's, you can even throw it into this dish. I just, I plated it and I put some olive oil on top and some finishing salt. And then we can take a bite. It's beautiful. But it, I just can't help myself. Like I always do that. Um, it's gorgeous. So, but those are like still, but that's, like, that's kind of like Lady Lair live cooking. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right? right? Like simple assembly stuff. Okay, so do you drink wine every night? I would say if I'm with my husband and we're, we will like open a bottle of wine together. If Got it's it. just me, yeah. um, I will say, I mean, I did a lot of drinking for this book, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I don't always, I mean, I'll like open, if we already have something open, like yeah. I'll pour a glass for myself, but I do, I, I don't know, generally like. I guess I'll sometimes corvette a glass of wine for myself. Yeah. The problem is I'm oftentimes, if I'm eating alone, I'm yeah. probably working through dinner. Yeah, like sitting <laughs> at your desk. That's how I feel so too. So I end up, and I, you know, some people say that you should write drunk and edit sober, and I'm, I am sort of incapable of doing either after yeah, a glass of wine. that makes so. sense. <laughs> Has your tolerance gone up? It, it definitely went way up. There's yeah, no question. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's also, and my tolerance for... Being a functional human being while drunk has gone way up. Well, that's always a skill set that's a value anyway. <laughs> I mean, I will say doing, I mean. Sorry, excuse since, me. Since, no, no, no. You have your, your sexy voice. Oh, so sexy. But in doing the promotion for Cork Dork and, you know, going on book tour, it's been funny how many people have wanted to do radio interviews or podcast interviews while drinking wine. I mean, Which I'm sounds sure. like a lot of fun until you think about having to be somewhat coherent. <laughs> of and, course. And, uh, you know, while... Human. After, like, two glasses of wine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so what's been your favorite interview that you've done, besides this one, obviously? Oh, you know, to be honest, the, everyone is such a rush and is so... Different. Yeah, and it's so yeah. different. And, and, like... Other people being excited about the book makes me excited beyond Oh, words. my gosh. So sorry. No, no, no. Do you want some water? <laughs> yeah. I'll grab some water. Don't worry. Keep talking. I was going to say that there's um, a... I remember, actually, I was at Terroir, which is a fantastic wine bar in New York. Where, it is a phenomenal wine um, bar. I ended up working as a song. And uh, there was a girl there one night, and I was just finishing up a glass of wine. And she came up to me and she was like, oh my God, this is going to sound really weird, but did you write this book with Corkdork? Like, yeah. I recognize you from your Instagram account. And and I was like, oh my God, no one has ever come up to me before. <laughs> like, no. And long story short, like, it, turned, be yeah, it, turned from, it turned from her being really excited to meet me to, to me just like falling on top of her, <laughs> like talking her ear off her, being like, I got to go. <laughs> but it's like, long way saying that, that I just... You're grateful. And I'm really, it's, and yeah. it's exciting. Like, I write it in the exciting. hopes that people will read the things that I've written. And it's just every, like, interview, every email I get from a reader, every message on Instagram, it's just such a rush of happiness because yeah. books mean a lot to me. And so to know that they've meant something to someone else is just, like, my wildest dreams coming true. Yes. But, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think if there's... Well, I have to say, and I was saying this off air because, would you like some more water? Sure. I was saying this off air, air. and I know how, I love how we're drinking water during the the podcast of wine. (laughs) Um, I was saying this actually, we're also, by the way, doing this at like 3.30 in the afternoon on a Monday, so we have Somewhat forgivable. Um, I was saying, and I know that this is like, everybody says this, but there are a lot of bad books that come out by people that I know or that I work with. They get deals because of X, Y, and Z, or they know X, Y, and Z, or they have X, Y, and Z amount of followers, but your book is sincerely hysterical. Like, it's like laugh out loud, read on in bed, (laughs) and it's really funny. So, everybody should definitely check it out. It, like, will make you laugh out loud. And cough. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there there are definitely lines in there. (coughs) Sorry. No, no, no. Yeah. It's been a long couple months. It's, uh... Yeah, there are definitely lines in there that uh, I thought were hilarious that <laughs> well. I showed to my husband, who was like one of my first readers, yeah. and he was like, that's just not funny. So those, what? So what's left are the ones that actually, you know, Stop. made him laugh, made me laugh. Made but, everybody yeah. laugh. That's fair. Okay, take a bite of this, um, and let me know what you think, because I haven't... It's beautiful. The idea behind Lady Their Live, I know this is like so late telling everybody, but essentially I cook something with what I have on hand. So I don't test it or develop it. It literally is just like out of, right. so it might need tweaking and then I'll write the recipe to be a little bit different. Mmm. Mmm. Mm. It's pretty good. Oh my God, my boy. It's delicious. Right? Oh, really good. You know what's funny? It's um pretty simple. It's kind of just Asian-y. Yes. I know. I think it's the greens. I was about to say that. I just, I was actually just in China two weeks ago, and this is... Oh my gosh, I saw that. You had to tell me about China, too. This is, like... Kind of Asian-y. Yeah. I don't know why. <clears throat> it's delicious. I think it's the greens. But think about it. Butter, olive oil, which you probably could just use the whole thing, butter, to be honest. Um, butter, olive oil, salt, the greens, and mint. That's it. Five ingredients. And acid. Yeah, regular. This is, I'm not even joking. This is from Fresh Direct White Wine Vinegar. Well, Nothing is fancy. I have to say that I would have guessed, like, so I also feel like as part of my training and learning yeah. how blind taste, it also makes you eat food differently in the sense yeah. that you're more aware. What's in Part it? of, you know, it's building yeah. your sense memories, smelling things so that you can <clears> then <throat> recognize them in wine, but yeah. you also recognize them in food. I would totally have guessed that there was, like, Soy sauce or some sort of like rice wine vinegar. I was gonna say rice wine vinegar. It tastes like there's rice wine vinegar in it, and there's yeah. not. Mm-mm. It's really delicious. <laughs> I really like the simple. butter. I will say that I think that there is like, but this would be a great side to like a steak or. Mm. I hate vegetables and salads. This is like my mission in life. I think beyond like all the other things that I have to do to make money mm-hmm. in red. But like, I want to tell people that you can eat vegetables without having like lettuce and salad dressing. Yeah. Like, this is like a salad in my book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's like, it's funny because it's both a salad, but the word salad also doesn't totally do justice. It's like a vegetable side. But that, you know, we need a better term. A salad show or something. (laughs) I don't even know what that is. What is that? No, just making it sound fancy in French. Oh, it's a hot salad. Oh, I'm into that. Excellent. But I think it's like it jazzes it up a little bit. It's well easy. Good. And I'll send you home with that so you can have it. But it's not. I'm going to finish it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's so easy, right? It's amazing. I actually like, yeah. barely had lunch. This is like the. Oh my gosh. 
I mean, manja manja. This is so good. Yeah, it's just like so simple. So all the recipes are supposed to be like this, like because people think that they can't. And this looks like you would get it at a restaurant. It definitely does. It tastes does. like it would be at a restaurant, and people at a restaurant would charge like twelve dollars for that or yep. fourteen dollars for that. Yep. So I was just trying to teach people that you can do this like on your own. And how much was it? How much were the radishes? Uh, two dollars. Yeah, it's incredible. Two dollars. Yeah. And the mint. So I was looking probably another three dollars. Two dollars maybe. Max. And you have leftovers. And I have leftovers. So, so that's a whole second portion. So that's what I'll do for when I take a picture of it. Oh. Yeah. So I'll take a picture of it afterwards. I wasn't sure if we were just going no, to no, reposition no. this to make it look like it was. Maybe you can have as much as you want. Instagram, it's all fiction. It's know? all fiction. Oh, my God. I just want to blow up Instagram. There's this woman by the name of, she also has this other great podcast called Clambition Radio, which mm. sounds really weird. It sounds way cheesier and girlier than what it is. She's actually like one of Oprah's like first marketing gurus that she found in the 80s. Her name is Allie Brown. She's like, I have such a girl crush on her, but she has been through the marketing phenomenon like before there was AOL even. Mm -hmm. And she is predicting that this whole Instagram bubble is going to burst because there's like no way to like qualify any of it because somebody has like X amount of followers mm -hmm. and there's like no necessary talent or like backing or like longevity to it at all. So she has this theory that it's all going to bust, but I think it's kind of great because I have not that many followers and I just like love the idea. Like, <laughs> I'm here to the very end. You're not getting rid of me. <laughs> I, without, I saw one of these food vloggers yeah, oh. sitting up behind the scenes and she was like, you know, holding some ice cream cone with like perfectly matching nail polish. Yeah. But then she had like in her Instagram stories about how she had just painted that one nail that was necessary to see where the photo. Of course. And I've worked with like on shoots where there's like only hand models that only do holding of foods. I did a whole campaign for OPI nail polish. And they had like six hand models that got their nails done like every shot, like a different color. That's amazing. And there was like manicure sunset and they were holding sandwiches and stuff. It was for magazine I won't mention but like a really reputable magazine <clears throat> but it's interesting well I will say so we were talking about Pear Devil which is the yes yeah, tell me about Pear Devil I just totally went on a tangent. yeah no but I think it's um well it's funny because there's uh so basically the series that I do on Instagram is I think it, it started because I felt like I developed all this wine knowledge and I besides doing the book I wanted some way to Give it back and put it into good use. And I feel like wine And also is into context for, like, normal people. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I think that wine, just posting a picture of a bottle that you drank is not super useful if you don't know a lot about wine. No. You know? I don't even get it. And I think I know a fair amount right. given my food background. Yeah. And so the whole idea mm -hmm. is, like, wine, and for a lot of people, is still kind of the snooty aristocrat of alcohols. Like, people get very intimidated by it. It's this idea that it's really for special occasions. Mm -hmm. And I think that wine can make occasions special, right? It's like this, and so I post it every Wednesday and it's basically wine paired with the food that we actually eat on yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and for you, it might be a wonderful salad show. But I'm just going to call it that. I'm not even going to name it. I'm just going to be like, I'm going to just like get your voice over of it on it. But there's, um, you know, more often, and this is what I tend to pair wines with, it's like Annie's mac and cheese. It's mm -hmm. like a Shake Shack burger. It's Domino's pizza. It's Chinese takeout, whatever. And so it's wine paired with the food that we really eat. And basically, I mean, I will say there's, it's actually not really a fiction, except that my only fiction is I have a lot of friends who are like, 
do you have like a photographer that comes in and like takes these pictures? Who is it, Matt? Yeah, it's my husband. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's my husband. He has you know a decent camera that makes everyone look beautiful. Yeah, and uh, not that I'm trying to flatter myself, but like you know the pictures oh, come out it's looking like a professional good. looking and photo. Yeah, it's a good picture. That's and awesome. I think, um, but yeah, so he basically just follows <laughs> me into the kitchen and I That's awesome. do some experimenting to figure out what wines are good with it, but it's fun. I think it's just, it's more, it's hopefully just inspiration for how you can, even if it's not the exact bottle, I think it's beginning to sort of say, hey, try a sparkling recently. Like, you don't need to Why show not? up more money for yeah. champagne every time. Yeah. Or try this awesome, you know, Pinot Noir from Germany. Try what have you. And like, there's like a definite relatability to it. Like, you don't talk to people down. I think a lot of wine experts talk down to people, which I find a little bit um, condescending because like you just physically just don't, like myself, I just don't know as much. But you make right. it very universal and like something that everybody should, um, well, like appreciate. And I, I remember telling you about my, I used to work for Leslie Sabraco, mm-hmm. who has a very similar yeah. take and she used to say like any glass with wine in it is a wine glass and like whatever you want to drink is going to be like the best thing for you to drink because like. I could tell you to your blue in the face what to drink with something, but if you just don't like that type of wine, then yeah. it doesn't matter. Well, and I think that there's, to me, that there's, I used to go to wine tastings um, before I like knew anything about wine. I remember being at a friend's bachelorette party, and we were in Napa, and the woman who was running the tasting was like, you know, you like what you like, it's all relative, there's no rules, like wine is one big happy family. And I found that really frustrating because I think that Yes, we should all develop our own sense of taste and what uh-huh. we like, but you first need the <clears throat> tools to figure out what, what that you is. like. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think that And there is some rules. Like let's not be wrong. Like you can't like it's like with cooking, you can't throw like butter in we could throw butter in anything, that's a wrong thing. <laughs> you can't necessarily throw radishes with a piece of But I don't know. I mean even chocolate. That, think of it. Let's try it. Maybe it's good. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But you're right. There is there is a good structure and framework that everybody can learn and that it's easy to learn in order right. to develop your own palate. Like, I think of it as not telling people what to taste, but it's showing them how to taste. That's smart. You know, That's and true. it's that difference where it's like, you, yeah, you should decide for yourself what you like. But I think it's hard, you know, it can feel really, I just, I remember feeling so disoriented when someone would hand me a glass of wine, I'd yeah. be like, what do you smell? And they're like, well, what do you smell? There's no wrong answer. And it's like, I don't know, because honestly, as a I don't even out, know where I'm coming from. We've never, most of us have really never learned to tune into our senses of smell. You can blame Plato and Aristotle for that. They decided smell doesn't matter, and we've, like, believed them ever since. But, <laughs> um, but truly, when we grow up, right, mm-hmm. people tell us, you just, like, how to identify colors and sounds. You're but right. Nobody ever smell. says, like, how do you smell? Like, yeah. what does this smell like? And I think that's really the first step, and it's hard to to figure out if you like an oaked wine or an unoaked wine if you don't kind of know what oak in a wine smells like that's true <laughs> or you lick some like oak barrels and like, yeah and by the way it smells for people don't it smells a little bit like some vanilla maybe some butterscotch baking spices that's how you can begin to identify it in a wine although the caveat is like it depends on the type of oak but in general <laughs> vanilla a little baking spice a little caramel all that um, okay, so to wrap up, what would be your wine pick of the summer? Like, what would you say if anybody had to, like, all the ladies listening, <laughs> our demographic, 
you know, like would go to a dinner party or open a bottle of wine by themselves or at the park or at the beach, what would you suggest them purchasing? Mm. Mm. I mean, there are, God, there's, I will say that one thing, I want to see how much this is. I'm going to find some things. She is currently Googling the price of a bottle. Yeah. I had a wine the other night that has just been on in my mind, driving me crazy. Um, That is, um, yeah, so I I had a wine the other night that has been on my mind and driving me crazy. It's like that kind of feeling you get when you've like meet a boy that you really yeah like. when you've like passed some guy and you yeah. got his number and you're like I want can't wait to see him again. Yeah, like, that's how I feel about this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a perfect analogy yeah. for ladies that are <laughs> And <clears throat> it's from Slovenia. So my mom's side of the family is from Slovenia. So there's like a kind of personal connection. Okay. Um, but it's Movia is the producer and the wine is a Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. Um, they just label it as a Sauvignon. And I got it from East Side Cellars, uh, way on the Upper East Side in New York. It's like 92nd and 1st or something. Okay. And I'm sure they have it all around town. I just looked. I think there's some, you know, <clears throat> wine.com may even have it. Um, but it is a totally intriguing, just dynamic, layered wine that is a total crowd pleaser. I actually opened up another bottle of... This like natural wine that is everyone's Instagram accounts. Is having people over for dinner. They opened up this like sparkling natural wine. It's yeah. everywhere, and people like we couldn't finish it. Like, it was so bad. It was terrible. And I opened up this other wine, this Movia, and everyone there just fell in love with it. I mean, we finished it in like ten and a half minutes. Like it was. Oh my gosh! So good. It enough. smells like orange blossom. It <clears throat> smells like smoke. It smells like. Um, orange peel, it has these white flowers to it, it just keeps changing, and hazy, uh, a hazelnut nuttiness, um, I drank, I did a pear devil with it actually, uh, with popcorn, which was oh. delicious, it was also all, that was my Lady Laird live dinner, I, all love I, had that. I didn't even, I couldn't even make it to the, oh my gosh, I actually saw it, <laughs> of course, I love this, um, but it's a phenomenal wine, I'm also spinning radish, no, because not I, I'm getting so excited, um, how much is this bottle? I think it's about somewhere between 25 and 30 bucks. Okay, that's good. Um, but I will also say that there's um, Chateau Bellas, a great Riesling that's quite. Oh, also, uh, there's. So it's. I think it's. Um, Glivanos is the producer. Oh, okay. It's a Greek wine. It's I an love orange, wine. slightly sparkling wine. Huh. And it is like $13 a bottle. It is delicious, totally bewitching and entrancing. Also a crowd pleaser. I had a kind of impromptu book celebration in Texas, in Houston. And everything, everyone from, you know, these big, burly Texas guys to like their, um, you know, like young women. Like everyone loved this wine. It was just totally surprising. It's a total bargain and it is totally delicious. Um, you need to send me that one. I think I like Greek wines. Don't laugh because they're salty. Ah, interesting. And but there's a, yeah, there could be a savoriness to wine. Right? Sure. Yeah. I like like the salinity to it because I think it reminds me a little bit of like cooking. I don't know yeah. why. I love Greek wines because they can be slightly 
salty and like effervescent. Totally, and they probably have some acid too. All the things make for a good dish, right? Yeah, I don't know why. Little salt, little acid. All it's missing is the butter. Let's stir that in. (laughs) (laughs) Just eat it on the side with a spoon. Um, Okay, everybody, check out Bianca's book, Cork Dork. It is like bomb.com insane. I'm giving it to everybody. It's so freaking hilarious. It's perfect. Add that to the book cover. Right. Bomb.com. (laughs) Bomb.com from nobody Ashton Keefe. (laughs) Literally live podcast. Um, but get it, it's like, honestly, it's a really good beach read, too, because nice. it's, it's smart and funny, and, um, you can drink wine with it, and... Yeah, it comes pre-wine stained. It comes pre-wine stained, and <laughs> you can booze with it. Um, but thank you for joining us. This recipe will be up on my website, and you should definitely make it while the radishes are still nice and peppery this spring. Um... I can vouch for that. You need to make the salad. I've now finished about three-quarters of it. I'm going to send the rest of it home. I'm going to send the rest of it home with you. Um, Okay, everybody, thank you for joining us. And get Bianca's book, Cork Doric. Thanks, guys.